AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we begin this week's episode, please make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can only do this if you're listening to this on an iPhone. So please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five-star reviews only. Hold me down. Don't hold me up. Merch is now available on the site as well as my book list, so please visit the link in the show notes below. If you would like to support the PSG podcast, please sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash the PSG podcast. Thank y'all so much for holding the kid down, and I really do hope that y'all enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. Later. You are now listening to The Professional homegirls and niggas it's your girl ebony from the phg podcast the only place where you will hear interviews from women anonymously on stories that will enlighten and expand on taboo topics now if you hear someone that sounds familiar mind the bits that pays you child if you like the phg podcast please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. please five star reviews only hold me down don't hold me up you can connect with me on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl, at the PXG Podcast, and last but not least at Epine Beauty. If you are all caught up with episodes, listen to bonus episodes by supporting the PXG Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PXG Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. So, before we begin, 
I would like to say thank you to my guests for being a part of the PhD podcast and sharing your story on being a very successful escort. So this is going to be so much fun. We've been kicking it before the episode started, and I really feel like she's going to be super informative. So once again, thank you so much. You're welcome. So to my guests, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I am feeling good. I'm still recovering from uh, partying in New York last week, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful sunny day in Florida, so I cannot complain. I know. I was just telling her, I was like, she's been in New York just living the life. <laughs> living my best life, man. Oh, I met some some other fun ladies and we just had a ball. How has the pandemic been treating you and your business? You know, it's really interesting. Uh, and I'm going to be very, very honest here. Um, it has been treating me very well. And nice. I feel I'm happy for myself, but I feel guilty because I know so many people are out there struggling and having a good, you know, having a very, very hard time. And like, it's almost like the pandemic, like made my life even better. Mm. And not saying that I, you know, if we could go back, you know, to February or March that I would be like, oh yeah, let the pandemic happen. Of course not. But, you know, it's like the cards that were dealt and they just happened to be in my favor. So I've, it hasn't really affected me much at all. I mean, I did have, um, I, I had like a, a friend of the family that did contract COVID and passed. Mm. So from that aspect, um, you know, it's hit my personal life. But as far as my professional life, I've been doing very well. Child, I feel like after this episode, you want to have people reconsidering and being a part of your lifestyle, child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's like one thing that uh, I I constantly work on myself, like personally work on myself. Um, every day I try to make myself a little bit better. And obviously that goes over into my business. Um, but one thing like, you know, with the pandemic, I, I learned that your ego could be your biggest downfall. And mm -hmm. one day I just looked at myself in the mirror and was like, girl, you got bills to pay. You have goals to reach. Everybody always talks about like how in an economic downturn, rich people just get richer and the poor gets poor. And I was like, I'm somewhere in the middle, right? I'm not poor, but I'm not rich. And I was like, right. but I want to level up. I don't want to, you know, go down. So I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, girl, drop the ego. And I dropped my ego and, you know, restructured my rates to, you know, to fit and to fit in with the pandemic. And so, honestly, I've been working less and making more. It's been fantastic. Okay. No, I can tell. I, yo, I've been stalking her Twitter. I say Shorty is out here living the life. I'm living my best life right now. I'm not even gonna lie. Now, for those that are not the for those that are not familiar with the word escort, what is an escort? So, an escort is uh, another term we like to use is like a paid companion. So, mm -hmm. basically, a client comes to us; they pay us. Um, it, they can pay us for various things. It's not just about sex. Um, right. I give, I've gotten, uh, I mean, just this year alone, I've gotten flown out to do hiking dates, go on, you know, trips. Um, just sometimes guys want, you know, just somebody to go to dinner with if they're traveling for work. So, I mean, you could literally hire an escort and or companion for pretty much anything. 
Is paying companion the, the better term to say for it? Or is, is escort considered like a derogatory term? No. So escorting is not a derogatory term. I call myself an escort all the time. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, is society. They have turned the word escort mm. into, you know, basically like your, your general definition of a prostitute where, right. you know, everything is about sex. There's a menu, all of this stuff. Now, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being a prostitute. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't judge. I mean, if somebody called me a prostitute, I wouldn't even care. It doesn't bother me. But I do like people to know when they're coming out to seek my services, I want them to know that, one, I don't have a menu listed. Um, you don't pay me a different rate for different acts of anything. So I charge by the hour or, you know, sometimes I have like a package of like, you know, we do like a lunch date or one day or something like that. Um, I charge for my time. Mm-hmm. So that is what an escort is. And, you know, sometimes we say paid companion. I mean, we, I will be honest, we have a lot of different terms that make it sound all fluffy. And, you know, sometimes there's like the whorephobia. So some people try to make it sound better than, you know, just using the term escort. We're all sex workers. A lot of our job is about sex. That's mm-hmm. a good portion of our job it's just not the only thing so the reason why we try to use different terms is because we want people to know that we are we're just so different we are multi-talented multi-skilled business men women non-binary all of the above like we're so much more than just sex so that's why we use different terms interchangeably but all in all, we're just all sex workers trying to make a living out here. Listen, I'm not mad at it. And one thing <laughs> I was, when I was doing my research on you, that's one thing you kept saying um, with escorts is more so about time. Yeah, it is very much about our time. So whether you want to stay five minutes or the full time, we're going to get paid the same rate. We don't actually care. Do you receive a lot of emails from newbies? Who wants your advice on being a part of this lifestyle? So I do. And I don't know if I can mention this because I know I'm supposed to remain anonymous. Um, but mm-hmm. I do get a, I do get a lot of emails. And um, actually, I get more now than I did before. Um, but I started a whole podcast because we were getting emails and we were like, yeah, let's let's do this. Like, it's it's really difficult to mentor one-on-one from start to like, you know, getting somebody going. So we started this uh, podcast to kind of, you know, help everybody who was interested instead of helping one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but now I, I just kind of direct them toward the podcast. I will be honest. I'm very busy right now. And as much as I would love to be able to do one-on-one, it's almost, it's really difficult. It is very difficult and um, and if things don't work out for them, people tend to take it very personal, and then they want to blame you. And I don't. I, <laughs> Your hot pocket ain't got nothing to do with my hot pocket, <laughs> right? Like I do the best that I can to help people, but I let right. them know. Like I mean, there's so many things that can make or break your success as an escort or as a sex worker in general. 
Mm-hmm. Like when they say your mileage may vary, it really does because it's it has nothing to do with your looks. People think that that looks is true. Are that is important. true. It has nothing to do with your looks. Your looks attract people to your website, but what makes you successful is your personality, your business acumen. I mean, all of the above. Like, I mean, even just the general like your personality. Um, your personality meshing with the client mm-hmm. can make or break your success. Because if you, if you're in an area where your particular look attracts certain clients and you don't have a personality to handle those clients, then you're going to be like, I'm not successful when really it's just a personality conflict. So a lot of people kind of they get like a rule book right in society we've been taught you know here's a book you study it and you follow the rules and you'll become successful and I really hate that society is brainwashed into believing that because it's just not true Mm -hmm. I can do the exact same as a matter of fact I am a walking testament to this I have been in the business for five years I will say I really just started flourishing in the past like year and a half Oh, because wow. the, the first like three years was me following the rule book of what I saw other successful escorts doing. Mm-hmm. And I tried to copy them. They, I mean, I even reached out to some, became friends with some. They were helping me like, no, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And not that, and not anything against them. They were amazing women. They were so supportive and I will not take any of that back. However, the part that they didn't, you know, that they didn't see, and probably a lot of it was, you know, I wasn't revealing my true self because I wanted to be, I wanted to imitate what I saw as successful. So when I stepped out of it and started, and I, so I started looking at more women that were actually more of my personality, the person that I was afraid to show to the world I started looking at more women like that and I started reaching out to them and they're like, yeah, you just have to realize you got to like, you know, you're not going to be the girl next door, the it girl, and that's okay. But when you find the clients that want you, you'll get better clients instead of the volume. Mm -hmm. And then once I was like, okay. It's the quality. And it's not, I don't want to say that other guys weren't quality. It's just that, you know, we may have had a date and we meshed well and we, you know, it was great, but there was something missing where they did not come back to me. Right. So they weren't necessarily a bad client. I, I just wasn't what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So then sometime around, you know, I started kind of slowly coming out more of myself And then somewhere around like last fall, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. And I huddled with my, my hoe besties. And I was like, (laughs) what do you, I was like, what do you girls think? Like I was on my way to disturb concert and I, I I took a, I took a photo and I was like, what do you ladies think? Do you think that I should like finally come out and be like, you know, yeah, I'm a black woman, but I listen to metal. I love hard rock. I love metal and I like like really extreme metal and they're like fucking do it. And it's just been, it's just been a thing. It's taken off. So I'm very open now. It's, and it's been wonderful. I'm just curious. Is there like a lot of racism when it comes to um, escorting? 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. From, um, and the thing is, is it, it kind of borders the line, right? I don't think anybody should be judged on their preferences. We all have preferences, right? My preference is to not date men that don't have money. Okay. So one more I, time, one more time for the people that wasn't hearing you. <laughs> don't don't date men who don't have money. That's my personal <laughs> preference. Just because of the you know just the lifestyle that I live, mm-hmm. I have found dating men that are not. Um, and and when I say that don't have money, I mean like you know they're struggling to make ends meet. I feel for me as a businesswoman. Um, and I have a background in business. I'm not saying I'm a businesswoman because I'm an escort who runs a business. I have a back a background in business. I was an accountant. I came from the corporate world of managing other people's, you know, money, telling them what to do to save their money, and you know, looking at their costs, all of that good stuff. So mm-hmm. when I say a businesswoman, I am a businesswoman, and I just feel like certain men should not be focused on dating when they haven't even gotten themselves together yet. Mm. Because so much I see, especially nowadays um, with social media and, um, and I know I I can't say for any other community, but as a black woman, I know in the black community, black women are brainwashed to believe that we have to be that ride or die that mm-hmm. we need to stand by a man when he has nothing and help build him up and all of that shit. That's all fine and dandy. But one thing that I've learned as an escort is those men that you're sticking by while they have nothing and you're helping them better themselves and become the best version of themselves. Those are the men that happen to start seeing me. So mm. <laughs> When I be like, I started out actually as a sugar baby before I turned a full escort. So I'm like, those men that you fucking stayed with, and apologize for my cursing. I do have. Oh a no, mouth. no, no, go um, ahead. We give it up, bro. I was but, just being polite because I didn't know if you wanted to go there, but we can go there. Oh well, I go there. I go <laughs> all the way there. Those, oh, so let's those go there. same, those same men who that you've been there, you know, down in the fucking trenches with. Right. They're the ones who are like. Oh yeah, I'm successful now. I can have any woman I want. And then they come and they meet women like me. My whole life, I've been considered a gold digger when I wasn't. Mm. And then finally, I was like, you know, why am I upset that somebody's calling me a gold digger? Because I was looking around and I'm like, the gold diggers are the ones who are getting what they want in life. So Mm -hmm. that's what a gold digger is. You're damn right I'm a gold digger. And I embrace that title. And so... Those are the men who come see me. So for that reason, I don't believe in dating men that don't have money or at least that don't, they're not where they want to be in life, I should say, because money doesn't define success. Success is different for Mm -hmm. every person, right? So money doesn't necessarily define success. So if you are not where you want to be in life, you have no business trying to date me. Girl, so for fact. that for that aspect, I don't date broke men. Um, but what was the, <laughs> what was the original question? I went off on a tangent on broke men and why you shouldn't date them. Well, you know what's all funny because my next question was to be successful like yourself. What is needed? And you pretty much touched on it. Yeah, you know, and people ask me that now. Um, I think my answer a couple years ago would have been different. But my answer today, as far as the sex work world goes, Mm 
be as close to your authentic self as possible, as you're comfortable with. And I understand that, you know, a lot of my job is remaining anonymous, um, you know, because there are people out there that want to harm us. There are people out there that cannot come out to their families. So Mm -hmm. they do have to make sure that they're not as authentic because their authenticity could be identifiable to them, which is why I hid myself for so long because Mm -hmm. there were not very many, like I go to, I'm on all the concert scenes, right? I go to death metal shows, you know, that are in the like little small hole in the wall venues where I am either the only black person or there's one other black girl there and we don't look anything similar to each Mm -hmm. other. Right. So from there, I was always afraid that, you know, if I showed people that side of me, people would, you know, be like, oh, I know who that girl is. And then somebody would want to blackmail me and like, you know, tell my mom or something. Right. Um, but I'm out to my family now. So mm. there's how really, is that? it is so great because I can be open and honest, which I have a very open relationship with my mother and, um, and we're very close, and I do not enjoy lying to her. So I never actually lied to her. I just, you, you know, admit. <laughs> I, yeah, like I would, you know, she knew that I had like a sugar daddy or two. Um, so when she would ask me things, I would tell her things. But it was kind of one of those things, if she didn't ask, I wasn't telling. Mm-hmm. So one day she just kind of flat out asked, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, well, you know, are you safe? And so I kind of explained to her how it goes. And she was like, okay, well, you know, now that I know I'm obviously being a mother, I'm going to worry even more. So, you know, we came up with a check-in protocol um, so that she, and I told her, I was like, hey, I have a friend that knows my whereabouts, you know, so that I'm safe. And she's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But I now want to know. Right. And I'm like, I respect that. And so that is what our relationship has been for the over a year now. Um, I came out last summer and she was like, okay, great. Like, um, this is, you know, I'm just happy that you're happy and that, um, and you know, she said, you seem a lot happier in life than when you were in the corporate world. So if that's what it takes to have my daughter not be depressed, not be suicidal, I don't, I don't care. She's like, I will take my daughter however, however she comes. As long as you're a good person, you're not harming anybody. You know, I'm not like out there, you know, stealing, you know, blackmailing people. I'm not out there doing, you know, crazy shit. That's going right. to like, you know, it's so as long as I'm not doing anything that would be considered harmful, you know, other than like religious people who think, you know, I'm a home wrecker. I'm like, listen, it ain't my home. I'm wrecking, so I'm not a home wrecker. <laughs> well, I heard you said that you felt like um, marriages, escorting saved marriages. <laughs> I mean, we do. It's not a lie. It is not a lie. I am not joking because there are, I mean, relationships are complicated. Right. And and I'm very, very open. I'm an atheist. I do not believe in religion, especially organized religion. I think mm-hmm. organized religion is probably like 90% of the reason we have so many issues that we have in society today. Mm-hmm. And, um, and normally I would get a lot of hate in that in my personal life, but for some reason people don't really hate me as much when I'm open about it and on sex work Twitter. Uh, but 
because of religion, so many people feel like they have to make relationships work that otherwise they wouldn't. They'd be like, this isn't working and they would leave. But because they're religious, they feel like you have to fight so hard to keep a marriage alive. And I'm just like, I'm at the point where if two people are unhappy and and I'm not saying give up at the first sign of trouble. But right. If you are like years of going to marriage counseling and like if it's a know, struggle, right. it's, if it's really a struggle, like what are you doing? Like both of you just you can mutually agree that this isn't working. And of course, be devastated that it didn't work out because there's nothing wrong with admitting that I love somebody, but it is not working. That is OK. And then you go your separate ways and you wish the best for each other. I've known people who actually became better friends as divorce partners than mm-hmm. they were married. And so when I say that sex work saves marriages, it's because a lot of the time the stress that men have when they come home, they come see us, they let go of their stress, and then they go home and they're happy. And mm. and it's just, it's a thing. It really is a thing. And it's not, you know, sometimes it's sex Sometimes it's just they need to get out of whatever is going on inside of the home. They just need a break from inside of the home. And it doesn't even have to be about sex. A lot of guys come to us thinking that they just want sex and we become therapists. I've had so many guys pour their hearts out. I have gotten a lot of guys like, hey, I think you might have a problem. Have you thought about, you know, going to talk to actual therapists? who could better help you. I have done that. And they're like, I've gotten messages where it's like, hey, you know what? You were right. Something else was going on in my life. Mm. And I was going like balls to the walls, you know, hiring escorts thinking that that was going to solve my problem. And I really needed to go do something else. And they're like, thank you for that. And of course, they still come see me occasionally. Mm-hmm. But they at least know the root of their problem is not because their wife isn't having enough sex with them. Their wife isn't having enough sex with them probably because they're driving their wife crazy because they're bringing (laughs) home stress from the job. You know, it's just a lot of stress. Like it piles onto it to everything. And then like sex becomes like the last thing that you have in your relationship. That is like a sign that there's more going on in relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not about sex. And a lot of people don't realize that. So, yes, I do believe that sex, our sex work saves marriages. Well, I, I, feel will, like, I will die on that hill. <laughs> I feel like people think that when it comes to escorting, it's all about sex. And that's one of the, the main misconceptions. What are some other misconceptions? Um, you know, it's just they, a lot of people think that we're not smart. I was just about to say that. That is one of the things that drives me absolutely wild. They think that we're not smart, we're uneducated, that we had no other choices in life. Got daddy issues. And I'm like, I mean, a lot of us do have daddy issues. A lot. I mean, but who doesn't? Right. Who doesn't? A lot of people have issues, whether it's mommy issues or daddy issues. The worst part is that they really think that sex workers have daddy issues. And I'm like, who the fuck do you think our clients have issues with? A lot of (laughs) clients have mommy issues. Yeah. Like, why are we judging people on the issues that they have or that they were brought up with? It is nobody's fault how they were raised. Your Mm -hmm. child, 
you cannot control your environment. You were, you had no control over how you were born and what life, what life hand you were dealt with. And it's, uh, it's unfair for people yeah. to kind of say that you grew up and you became a sex worker because you have daddy issues. So, you know, they think that we have all these issues and that we just, we're just so, you know, we're destitute and we just had no other options. And while that is true for some women, I'm not going to say that all the women out there had my background where I'm college educated. I worked in corporate. I just have mental health issues where mm-hmm. I was like, fuck this. I'm like on mood stabilizers because I need to function to work with people that I fucking hate. I mean, and corporate America I, will do it to you. Child. It will do it to you. And one day I woke up and I was like, wait a minute. I'm taking pharmaceutical medications and I don't enjoy taking drugs. I do believe mm-hmm. in science. I love science. And I think science has really been like, you know, the reason why we can live so long today. So I'm not against medicine at all, but I do feel that our society has become too dependent on medicine to fix our, all of our problems. So I'm a, I'm a vegan. I eat healthy. I eat whole food, plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take my health very serious. And one day I woke up and I was like, okay, you're putting these chemicals in your body to function with people that you don't like. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Because you're afraid that this is your only way to succeed in life. So I was like, you know what? I'm one of those people that I succeed best when my back is up against the wall. So I just kind of woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to go fucking quit my job. And that's what I did. I did not give a two weeks notice. Everybody's like, why would you do that? You're, you know, you, it's not going to look good in corporate. I go, I'm doing it because that's going to force me to succeed in, in a different way. That's how I know that I'm going to, I'm going to have to succeed because I just fucked up my corporate life. I have no choice. So that is what I did. And so when, when I first started, I used to, uh, I used to get the emails and stuff from the religious organizations trying to save me and all that stuff. How did they know you was doing it? Well, so they go to escort sites. They go to our advertising sites. Oh, and then wow. they, go, they email us and then they, you know, offer us, you know, we can help you find a job. The last time somebody emailed me, I can't remember the organization it was, but it was one of those, um, one of those really dangerous Christian organizations that I do not approve of. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with helping people if they don't want to be in this job, but it was more of like they were pushing their religion than actually wanting to help people. So in that aspect, go fuck off. Um, Mm. But the last time somebody emailed me, I was like, listen, I go, do you have a job where I can make? And I think at the time my rates were like 400 an hour. I was like, do you have a job that will pay me $400 an hour where I'll have lots of free time and be able to work on everything else? Right. She was like, no. I go, then what the fuck are you doing emailing me? Like, leave me alone. I'm not a nice person when you come and force your religion on me. I don't care what people think about me. I didn't ask for your input. I didn't ask for your help. So go fuck off. Right. So the fact that a lot of people think that, you know, so many of us and even, even escorts or sex workers in general who aren't college educated, that doesn't mean they're not, they're stupid. 
-hmm. It doesn't mean they're stupid. It doesn't mean that they didn't have any other choices in life. If you ask me, I wasn't smart enough because I should have started this shit when I was 18 Mm. or at least 20, at least 20. I should have started this a long time ago. Why do you feel like that? Because, I mean, it was like something that I kind of knew that I would end up doing. Like, I felt myself gravitating toward um, just, I, I, I got the nickname in high school, Anna Nicole Smith. Mm-hmm. And people just always assumed that I was going to marry a really wealthy old man. Mm. And they would call me a gold digger. That's when people, I've been called a gold digger since I was in high school. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but this is the title that I've always been given. So I knew eventually that I would end up doing it, but I did grow up religious. So I was trying to fight the urges of like, you know, wanting to live that life I was trying to you know do everything that you know that was respectable according to society mm-hmm. and I look back on that and I'm like girl you really hindered yourself because you know I could have started so long ago and I would have been even better off than I am right now mm-hmm. so right. I find myself I wasn't smart enough to overcome that Were you nervous in the beginning or did you have someone to like coach you? I was very nervous in the beginning. Um, I did have somebody uh, that did help me. Unfortunately, um, the things that she, she did, I would not recommend to anyone else. She was what you would call an upseller where she would advertise at a really low rate. And that Mm. was just her price to show up. It was like the fine print in the, on the advertising So she would charge you like 200 just to show up and then she would try to get more money out of you. She was a, you know, a pretty blonde white girl. She could get away with that kind of stuff as a black woman. Well, you know, we we can't can't do a white woman do it right. We can't do that. And I did not know that at first. I did not know that. I thought like, oh, okay, this is, this is what people do. This is the business. I didn't know anything else about the business except for what I saw on TV and I was like, well, I think I can do this. And, you know, like so many others, I thought, you know, it was about looks. She was like, oh, you're beautiful. You can make so much money. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And then I, we went out on a double date the first time. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And then I tried to do it on my own. And they were like, mm, no. I was like, what? <laughs> Mm. I was like, huh? And I mean, this guy, not that I'm saying like he was like, uh, like gonna like abuse me or anything, but the, I just, I'm a very, um, uh, I have high emotional intelligence. So I'm really good at reading uh, facial expressions, even like the energy. Yeah. Well, even like minute facial expressions that people wouldn't think that they, that somebody else would notice. Right. So any sort of like change and just even like, a slight eyebrow raise kind of thing. Um, I pick up on like the very, very minute things. And I just saw like the, I mean, even his pupils dilated just a Mm. little bit, just, and I'm just like, Oh shit, this man like might kill me or something. And I mean, he wasn't, he was a very nice man, but at that moment I was scared. I, cause I did not know what he was going to do. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, this man thinks I'm trying to rip him off. You know, I'm already black. So he probably thinks I'm a thief. He probably thinks I have a pimp outside because everybody thinks, everybody thinks that we have pimps outside waiting. 
And I'm just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, no, don't worry about it. You're right. That's what I had advertised. I forgot, you know. And so from that moment on, I went home and I was like, man, I don't ever want to be put in that situation again. So I told her, like, bitch, what the fuck did you have me just do, right? And Right. um, but that's what she had been doing for years. She had been doing that for years, and it worked very well for her. So I went home, and I was like, okay, what is the amount that you would be willing to do X, Y, and Z? Like, what is the rate that you would be like, okay, I can, I don't mind going for an hour, and I don't need to ask them for, for more money. So I decided mm-hmm. that 400 would be that much. And so that's where I came up with my rate. And you changed it. And I'm pretty sure you change your rate like every so often. Um, I mean, there was one time where I felt like I wasn't getting enough. I wasn't getting enough appointments. So I dropped my rate to 300. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you look at sex work Twitter, people always seem to find some sort of shame in dropping your rates. I had no shame in that. Right. Um, I'm like, these bitches are not paying my bills, right. so I don't care what they think of me. Um, so I did that for a little bit, but then, you know, somebody did tell me that there is a difference in the clientele between like the 300 and, you know, higher and 400, it was like 400 was like in the middle where like the clients who would pay more, were not going to book me. But then I was like too high for the cheaper clients Right. So when I went down to 300, I got a bunch of clients that I hated. So I was like, my only choice is to hustle my ass off, stack some cash, and then raise my rate. So I went from I went back to 400 and then sat there for a little bit. And then I went to 500 where I am right now. Okay. So what's the yeah. difference between the sugar daddy and the clients that you meet? So traditionally, now today, with all the disgusting sugar sites. Uh, traditionally a sugar daddy would be a wealthier man that would like to take care of a woman. Um, it's not just about the sex. It's not by the hour. It's not by the day. Um, usually they're giving you a monthly allowance. You're pretty much a kept girlfriend, right? That would be the traditional. Mm -hmm. Um, and today, Um, it's more of these guys who are looking for a monthly arrangement, um, usually much, much lower amount than what you can get escorting. Um, and sex is very much the only important part for most of them. Um, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of sugar babies will, you know, they're not wanting to admit that they're sex workers yet. So they'll be like, Oh my God, it's not about the sex. We don't always have sex. And I'm like, that's, that's really cute for you to tell that <laughs> to vanilla people. You can't, you can't say that shit to a seasoned veteran. You just can't. Right. right? Like we all know that these guys niggas know what time gonna, it is. Th- these guys are not going to keep paying you monthly to not fuck you. It's just not a thing. Now, right. is it out there? Sure. Maybe a really older man, um, if his penis doesn't work and he just wants a company, sure. But that's not that's not the norm. It's just not enough of those guys out there to make up for, you know, what today's uh, world of sugar dating looks like. Um, but usually it's supposed to be they're not paying by the day. They're paying by the month, and then you just kind of agree on how much time you want to spend together. So they're not paying, like if you want to go, if they want to go out to dinner with you, like let's say tomorrow night, right? They're not going to pay, 
you for four hours or even if it's a set chunk of time. They're not paying you for that date. They're paying you for the month. And then you guys spend as much time together as usually that he can. Because, you know, usually they're married or working or something. Mm -hmm. And then escorting, we're very much about our time. Our time is money. We charge by the hour. Or even if we have, like, a packaged rate, it is very much that you're not going over that. (laughs) Right. If you are, you need to be paying us extra. Like, when we say one hour, we mean one fucking hour. If we're saying overnight, our overnight is from seven to seven or whatever time that two people agree upon. There's no, you know, there's no like set time that you have to do it. But how does that work? So when the time is up, you just like, okay, time is up and you out? Well, it's funny because clients know it. So it's it's not like a weird thing where it's like, okay, time's up and you just start running, you just pack your shit and run. Um, you know, we just kind of know when time is starting to wind down, uh, you know, we start, you know, kind of moseying on you know picking the clothes (laughs) up off the floor you know go maybe grab a shower or you know finish up a conversation you know we I usually spend about a good five minutes saying goodbye to clients you know it's Mm -hmm. not like you know something where time's up and you know you give them the boot it's 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 very natural and I mean sometimes it's awkward for like maybe a first-time client or a first-time escort Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, it's it's pretty natural. You have clocks around. Usually, the good clients wear a watch because they want to. They're respectful of your time, um, and you know they you know just kind of keep checking the time. And you know it's kind of when one of us starts to motion. Like if I if I feel like I have had clients before where if I kept talking, they were not gonna fucking stop me. So I had to learn fast. Like okay, like you know I don't want them to feel rushed, but at the same time, like. Um, I might not have shit to do, but my brain turns off at the end of this hour. (laughs) Even if I sit on the couch and I'm, you know, finishing the wine or I'm going to turn on TV and, you know, watch wrestling, I don't care. It's nine o'clock. It's time for you to go. So, you know, I started learning, you know, if I just, you know, kind of put on my robe, that kind of signals that we're getting ready to end. And so, yeah, so it's pretty natural, I think. Um, one thing I noticed about you and other several other women that's in this field is y'all high got faces on social media. So are there are there like pros and cons to showing your face online? So that all depends. So I have friends that show their face, and then I have friends that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a comfort level. Um, there are a lot of women who actually have careers outside of escorting. Mm-hmm. So, corporate careers um, yeah corporate careers where if somebody were to find out it would ruin their life um mm. i know of people who are married um where sometimes the husband does not know that they're moonlighting sometimes the husband does know that they're an escort and it's not necessarily that um you know that they're they're not necessarily hiding from their husband or any shame in it but you know sometimes you don't want to be at the pta meeting And I mean, a lot of the dads are on these escort sites. Like, so Mm -hmm. I don't know why people act like they're not, that their husbands are so innocent. Even if they've never booked an escort, I know a lot of guys that just browse because one day they might consider it. And you don't Mm. want that guy to see you at the PTA meeting and then go tell his other friends. And then you, all you need is that one guy who goes back to tell his, uh, to tell his wife everything and be like, oh my God. Can you believe 
that Susie was found on an escort website. Now, me as a wife, I would be like, what the fuck were you doing on the escort website? Like, how How you know Susie was on there? Right. Oh, well, I heard from so-and-so. I bet. And, you know, and that's the kind of thing that a lot of women are trying to prevent because society still has very ill feelings toward women doing their own thing and making their own money. They really do. So a lot of women just do not want the drama and they want to save their careers. They want to save their children from being embarrassed. Um, In my situation, I kind of am like, I don't want anybody to like, even though my mom knows, I still want to respect her and my siblings. Um, My, my sister um, has a really good career. Uh, My brother is um, in the armed forces. So I'm mm. like, I don't want somebody to go back and, you know, and it becomes a problem with their jobs. Like, oh, I saw so-and-so's daughter. I know that, you know, she's an escort. Right. And I know my mom, my mom would be like, yeah, have you checked your bank account lately? Like, I don't give a fuck what you guys think. But I still don't want my mom to have to be Just put to go in a through position that. to right. defend me, right? Like, I can, like, those are my choices as an adult, I don't want my mom having to be put in a position to defend me. So that's why I keep my face covered, but I don't actually really care. Like what, what is somebody going to do with my information? Be like, Oh, I know her real name. Like, okay, great. You want to pay my student loans? You know, like (laughs) I, I, like, I don't understand. Like what exactly is your point? You know? Right. So are there like, are there like do's and don'ts when it comes to booking the escort? Oh, there's so many. Um, Do read her website. Read it Mm -hmm. in its entirety. And I know sometimes our websites can be lengthy, but that's not our fault. We do that for SEO purposes. Um, But, you know, my best clients, they have always read my website. And so when they show up to a date with my favorite bottle of wine that we did not discuss prior, I know that they read my website. Um, So do read the website. Do be cognizant of your time. Do make sure that you have good hygiene. Make mm. sure, you know, make sure you're flossing regularly. Make sure you're going to get your dental checkups. Um, you know, just make sure you're in good health. You know, even like, not even just like oral hygiene, but, you know, I've heard many stories where people don't wash properly. Somebody posted on Twitter the other day that they had a <laughs> client that didn't, that was like not washing his penis and he had like a permanent urine smell. Like what oh, the fuck? Child. Like that's the kind of stuff like you need to make like those are the biggest like do's. Do wash properly. Um, you know, make sure that your skin isn't, you know, look like don't look like you have rashes all over your skin. And I know mm. that there are certain skin conditions, you know, but there are just some people who just do not take care of themselves. And and That's I will fact. say, Ugh. I don't care what level of an escort, prostitute, paid companion, I don't care what name you want to call them, from $50 to 1000 an hour. I don't care. Wash your balls, brush your teeth. <laughs> For real, just because somebody has a lower rate does not mean that they deserve to be disrespected like that. Right. Like, it's not just the higher rate women that deserve, you know, the pristine men. Every man should, I don't give a fuck if it, you met the girl on Tinder. Wash your damn balls. Word. Wash your ass. 
Wash your ass. <laughs> yeah, so wash your ass. Don't use your hand or just the bar of soap. Get that washcloth and lather it up real good and get in between those cheeks. Get lift up, lift up the ball sack and wash. Get that taint area and scrub it. And then wash your penis. And then wash oh. your pubes around it. You know? When yeah. you're brushing your teeth, get that tongue scraper out. Scrub your tongue. Like, no woman should ever, or I shouldn't just say woman because we're, you know, there are many different kind of sex Inclusive. workers. Right. But no provider, no <laughs> escort. I don't care what their price range is. Nobody deserves to be in an intimate situation with somebody that is funky. It is disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself. Have you ever had a situation like that? Yes. And I was like, <laughs> go in the shower. Like, you know, and I have guys where, like, I've had a guy where, like, it's obvious that he keeps himself clean. But it's like, you know, sometimes I live in Florida and you could start sweating from just walking from your car to my door like it is a thing you right. will you're like you will sweat just from being in your car even though you have the air conditioning fully blasting you could still sweat just from having I mean, that down seats, south you know it's just different right it is it's just, it hits different it hits your balls different it just does <laughs> and you know and it's like you know they walk in and it's like hey like you know you want to freshen up like, oh, no, I took a shower before I left. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. It's summer. Like, I don't want to smell sweat anything, you know? So I haven't had it where it was just, like, so bad, you know, like, like of other stories that I've heard. Right. Um, but, you know, I think we have all had this situation. I mean, even with guys that are, like, you know, CEOs, clean cut, you know, they may have gone to lunch and had garlic and didn't realize it. And it's like, yeah, don't eat the garlic before you come meet us. Like we're not on, we don't have that kind of relationship where I want to taste garlic on your breath. Like, right. <laughs> you know, it's different. Like, you know, back in the past, like when I had a boyfriend or something, sure. But, you know, I don't know you like that. I don't want to. I don't want to taste your, your garlic on your breath. Well, speaking of boyfriends, can you date and have a serious relationship while, while doing this? Can I personally? Right. Hmm. In the past, I have said no. Um, the only way that I can date in doing this is if he can financially afford to take care of me. And then I want to do this because... I want to have something to do. That's mm. the only way I can do it. Otherwise, if you cannot financially afford to 100% take care of me, then I don't understand why we're dating. Now, I do know plenty of women who date, um, who are married in the business and their husband knows and very supportive. And that is wonderful. That works for them. So I, So when I say this next bit, this is nothing against people who it does work for. But with me and my mentality, right. for me, I feel like he's almost like my pimp. Mm. And whatever I do for my money, like if I'm going to keep escorting and you're my man, you cannot financially benefit off of me at right. all. I don't want to pay half the bills. 
I don't want to pay shit unless it's for myself. Mm-hmm. If I want to do it for myself, then fine. But he cannot financially benefit off me in any sort of way because it doesn't work with me and my mental state of mind. Because I feel like at that moment, I feel like he's my pimp. Mm-hmm. But I, I know other people who are in successful marriages. And I'm, I wish that I could have that. But it doesn't work for me. It right. just does not personally work for me. Uh, one thing that I like about you, and I was on your website, I know that you do tours. And I was like, oh, shit, this is about her coins because you charge a $150 non-refundable deposit. <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah. I was like, she's not playing with these niggas. <laughs> well, many of us do. This is not uncommon. Right. Um, we have... So, like, in the past, it became a problem because um, guys love to reach out to several women and then basically whoever responds first, you know, they'll, they'll like put a few different women on the back burner. And then, you know, if, if their first choice shows up, then they'll either no call, no show or cancel at the last minute. Mm. And that's very bad behavior. I will say there was a, there's probably a reason that happened. Um, because like the girl that I, the girl that I, um, that, you know, got me started in the business, the upseller, she was forever, when her phone would ring, she would accept all the bookings and she would, you know, stack as many as she can. She would either show up late or not at all. And so I kind of started to understand why some guys would put women on the, you know, have different selections. So if this one didn't show up, another one would. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it. That's a personal problem, not my problem. Um, it's terrible to do. If somebody doesn't show up, okay, you know, that sucks for them. It really does. But when it comes to me, I have set aside this time. I spend time getting ready. I have to drive. I don't have any children. So I don't, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, getting a babysitter. But there are other people who have children who have paid and arranged a babysitter to go meet you. Mm. They can't be having you decline on them and being like oh sorry it's not going to work out it is rude and not respectful of Mm -hmm. their time so many of us do charge deposits because i'm like listen i don't you know during my day i don't know what the fuck i do all day sometimes but (laughs) i mean like like right now i'm very busy i am in the middle of um decorating my new home while overseeing the construction on my old condo. Mm. So I have a lot going on. And then I, you know, I still have a social life. I have my family, my friends. um, And, you know, some days I just want to just not do shit and lounge in the pool. And so when I wake up in the morning, I like to wake up knowing that if I'm not doing anything, like if I'm like today, I'm just going to relax. Mm. I want to make sure that I do not want you to interrupt me doing nothing. Right. So I like to wake up in the morning knowing that, hey, I have to get up and I have to function today. Because it really does. When I, like, in my mind, when I wake up, I'm like, I know you have, you know you have something to do today. Get up. Mm -hmm. Today, uh, I have the interview with you. So, but it was, you know, at one o'clock. So I woke up, like, around 10, 1030 sat on the phone with my friends and we talked business and um, 
I have a group chat where, you know, we all discuss businesses, we goal set, you know, we do all sorts of things. I was like, yeah, I'm cool with that because you're my only thing that I have right today, right? Mm -hmm. I'm taking today off. My mom's coming to visit me tomorrow. So I'm, you know, I'm getting everything set up for my mom. So yeah, I'm not working today. So I mosey around a bit, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I'm still, I'm like sitting here talking to you in my lingerie. But if I know that I have, I have a date this evening, like let's say I had a 6 p.m. happy hour date or whatever. I know that, like, I need to get this, this, and this done. I need to, like, I need to be in. No, you good. (laughs) You can cut that out. (laughs) No, you good. Go ahead. I know that I need to be in my escort mindset by 3 p.m. to be in the game, to be at my best when I arrive at that 6 p.m. date. Like, you know, so when when I start getting ready for a date, I'm not just getting, like, I'm not just getting dressed. I'm getting mentally prepared. You know, I'm in the mirror. I'm just like, yeah, you got this. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I, um, I kind of review the information that he used for screening. Um, That's my if next, I know- my next question about the screening yeah, process. If, How do you ensure yeah, safety? Well, I, um, on my website, I have my screening protocols, and if they do not want to answer any of the questions, I'm like, hey thanks for the interest, but we're not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's just, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, but I, I cannot go into detail um, how I screen. And I recommend that other ladies do not do that publicly because it, it keeps us safe to have our back channels. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps us safe, not only from predators who I mean, you have guys who are blacklisted to the fucking moon and back, and they just keep changing their information so they mm. can't be tracked down. So the reason we keep a lot of it secret is so that, you know, when guys change their information, they can be easily identified, and then we can let other ladies know. I mean, one of the the most, and when I say famous, famous and like, you know, escort world is uh, what was his nickname? Joey the Player, I believe, up in, I think, Jersey. Mm. He had he had a long history of getting escorts in, and he would physically assault them. He would rob them. I mean, this guy was dangerous. And it took years for him to finally be arrested because people don't give a fuck about escorts. Mm. So, and then a lot of ladies are terrified to come forward because of, you know, they're afraid that they're now going to be watched. So totally understandable. It is a scary world out here, especially when society does not respect us. Um, But this is why we screen. And then we also want to make sure that we're not set up for stings. So not, um, so, I mean, of course, anybody can go on my website and see the information that I asked for. But what I do with that information as far as, like, checking it out, that I, I don't tell the public because I don't want the cops, you know, trying to infiltrate my screening. They can go fuck off. Fuck but the police. But is escorting illegal? It's not illegal, Okay, though, so here's the thing. Escorting is a gray area. Um, when it comes to setting up the stings, I don't know how other states work. I know how Florida works. In Florida, especially in Hillsborough and Polk County mm-hmm. and Orange County. So this is like um, central Florida down to, you know, to the 
West Coast. Um, when they set up stings, they don't give a fuck what you're doing. They don't care that you're an escort and charge for your time. They are going to arrest you. They are going to charge you with prostitution. They are going to put your mugshot all over the news as part of this, you know, escort ring, child trafficking ring. Like, they love to just make up the most sensationalized bullshit to say why they arrested grown adults for fucking nothing. Now, it, of course, as any arrest, you're innocent until proven guilty. They have to prove that you came there to exchange sex for money. I don't want to go through the legal system, period. Even if I could beat the charges, you have now wasted my time and money that I can't get back. So for that reason, I don't want to be arrested, even if escorting isn't illegal. I don't want to be in that circle of bullshit. Right. Because it, it's, I mean, not only is your name everywhere, I mean, now you have to change, now you have to change identities because your real name is out there and they, oh, they love to, um, to have your real name out there with your escort name. They, I've seen it happen to other escorts before. Mm. And I think, I think it's pretty fucking terrible and it does endanger our lives. Because when you when you are arrested and it's public record that somebody can go look it up, there your address is on file. You know now you have to be like worried if you're going to have a stalker client that's right. gonna, that's you know that's going to find your address and stalk you. Like it becomes very 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 dangerous, especially for women when we are caught up in something like that. So uh, even though escorting is technically not illegal, it's not something that you want to you want to get caught in, of course. Right. Have you ever had a bad feeling about a client? Oh, yeah, many times. Oh, wow. Um, and I have bad feelings about clients just from them submitting their screening information, mm. and I just don't see them. The uh, I have one time I had a bad feeling about a client in person. This is several, this is a couple years ago. Um, we'd gone on one date. Everything was fine. He calls me back for a, a second date and, um, he, oh wait, no, you know, he booked me for like multiple hours. This is what it was. He booked me for multiple hours and everything was fine in the beginning of the date. And at the end of the date, he tried to get me to, uh, to do, he tried to offer me more money to do unprotected services. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't do that. Right. And at that moment, his entire fucking demeanor changed. And I was just like, well, fuck. So, you know, you go into survival mode and you start trying to, you know, diffuse information. You don't want to, like, come off combative because, I mean, this guy, I'm only five feet tall. Yeah, you're small, right? You're pretty. I'm a a very tiny woman. Um, At this time, you know, not not with my COVID, you know, couple pounds I put on, but at the time of this incident, I was five feet tall, like 112 pounds. I was tiny. This guy was like well over six feet tall, large guy. And I was like, yeah, I know my odds of like, you know, pissing him off. It's not going to go well for me. So I just really diffused the situation. Um, I, now I did not give in now that I was not going to do, I did not give in to his unprotected services, but I smooth things over enough to get the fuck out. Mm. So, um, and then when he tried to book me again, he was like, oh, you know, I'd like to see you again, blah, blah, blah. 
And I was like, yeah, okay. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, not going to see him. And, um, and he was like, uh, but, you know, then he tried to offer at that time, can we, you know, go unprotected? I can't remember how he phrased it, but that was the gist of it. And I was like, yeah, no. And he was like, okay, well, I'll get back in touch with you, you know, with my schedule. And so then, you know, of course, I already knew I wasn't going to see him, but I wanted to play this game with him to see how long this is going to go on. So, like, three more times he tried to schedule with me, and every time he would say, you know, I would like to do it this way this time, and every time I would say no, it was always like, okay, well, I'll get back to you with my schedule. So, of course, he ended up on the blacklist. Mm. Um, But that was a a bad feeling that I had. And one other time where I was really new – um, I didn't know any better. I had, I didn't get a deposit. I driven all the way out to, uh, Sarasota mm. and I get there. I was running a few minutes late because I got stuck in the toll line and I told the guy like, Hey, I'm going to be a few minutes late. I get there in the parking lot of the hotel and he's like, sorry, I'm canceling. You were late. And I'm like, you knew I was late. And I was like, literally like five minutes late. And, um, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you. And so I just drove off. And then, like, not even five minutes later, okay, I changed my mind. You can come back. And I was like, oh, my God. Me getting stuck in this whole line, I have no fucking doubt in my mind that I avoided a sting. Mm. I avoided a sting because it, it was just the way that – he would because that's what they do, right? They get as many women as possible to come, and they, you know, of course, if you show up on time, they want you to show up on time because, you know, that you know they get the women in out in another room before you know they take them all in together. And I still to this day believe that it was a thing that I avoided by getting stuck in the tolls. Mm. But this was also I was like maybe a month in, and I didn't know. Um, as much about screening as I do now. Um, but now I'm just overly paranoid. So if I even have any sort of doubt in my mind, I'll just be like, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't think I'll be able to make it. Mm-hmm. I turn them down nicely. But if I have any doubt, I'm just, I, I fucking run for the hills. No money is worth it. I don't, right. I, I, that's my motto. So where are you at now? Are you in a space where you can say that you finally made it? Since you've been oh, doing yeah, it for so for long, sure. yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm not concerned. Like when I first started, like I said, I quit my corporate job. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, I was only what three years in out of college. So I was still paying student loans. Um, you know, I was living by myself. I, I've never had roommates. So mm-hmm. um, I did not I did not have a savings. I am not embarrassed to say it. I did not grow up wealthy. I grew up with a single mother. And, you know, she did the best that she could to provide for us. But I did not, you know, leave college, you know, with any sort of savings at all. I have worked my ass off since I was 14. Well, I, I, bought, I, bought, uh, I bought my condo when I was 20. And so, you know, I was paying grown-up bills in college. So I did not have a savings when I just up and quit my job. I did not. I think I may have had, like, maybe, like, $1,000. That was about it. But that's mm-hmm. not much of a savings for a rainy day, right? So um, so back then, I it did hurt. If I wasn't working every day or if I had no prospects coming in, it was very, very stressful. 
I mean, I was like around the clock, like, you know, constantly checking the ads, like phone attached to my hip. I did not like, I did not go to sleep with my phone on do not disturb. I was always like, you know, I was hustling. I literally was. I tried to take every call that I could because at any moment, if, you know, if I went like days without working and it's like, I don't know when I'm, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get work again. That's a very, very scary feeling when you're living month to month. I would get my bills paid at the beginning of the month. And then it was like, all right, time to get hustling so I can get the bills for the next month. And that is a, it's a vicious cycle that it's hard to it's get stressful. out of. Yeah. And all you need, like one time, like, oh my God, um, I needed new tires in my car and I am, I love my sports cars. And even though my car wasn't, you know, anything really fancy or expensive, it still was considered a sports car and I had low profile tires. Mm -hmm. So getting new tires, I was like, fuck, $1,200 in tires. It, you know, that was really stressful and I didn't have a choice but to do it because my vehicle is how I work. So, you know, and a setback like that, when you don't really have savings, it is, it is so stressful. So now, um, well, of course I can say that I made it now. I mean, I'm moved to a gated community. I live in a nice home now. I have a condo that I'm renovating so that I could lease it out to somebody else. Um, I am not stressed. If I didn't get any work this month, I'm fine. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not stressed out anymore. Um, Thanks to Mr. M, I got an upgrade in a car. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I got an upgrade in a car. Oh, you know, I will say I have not addressed this, but word got back to me that um, that there's this blog where like escorts talk about other escorts, and somebody told me um, that I finally made this blog, and they did not believe that Mr. M got this car for me. That they believe that they believe I got it myself, and I go, well, why would I lie about getting a car myself? Right. Because if I could, if I could still afford the car, that means that I'm in a financial position to do it, right? right. I'm like, so. And it's a nice why? car. Well, yeah, it's a fucking Mercedes. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a two seater Mercedes. It's like an almost sixty thousand dollar car. I was, I actually was saving up to get this car for myself. I really was. Like, I, I don't know why I wouldn't be proud of being able to afford this car on my own. I would be damn proud. I sure as hell, I, I am like, I mean, you're black. You know what it was like growing up black. Black <laughs> parents do not believe in fucking Santa Claus. Right. They work, they work too damn hard to give the credit to the jolly old fat man at Christmas to be like, oh, Santa Claus gave this to you. That is not something that black parents believed in. Right. I was raised, I am not giving anybody else the credit where credit isn't due. I worked my ass off. If I got this car my own, you damn right I would be proud of it. Right. I would. But I did not. He got the car. <laughs> I don't know why any I don't know why anybody would think I was lying. Like he literally like he went, he did all the, you know, he did everything. He asked me, now I will say it wasn't like a complete surprise. We talked about it because he knows me. He wanted to make sure I got what I wanted. So, you know, he asked me, you know, what color do you want? All of that stuff. But he did everything. He showed up at my condo with this car 
and we went to dinner in it. Like, I mean, I like he picked it up from the dealership and drove it to me, you know? Right. So we're, I mean, and, and when I say him as a client, this isn't a client that has booked me once or twice and was like, here's a brand new car. I have never even led anybody on to believing that's a thing. He has been my client for two years mm. and we're very close. And, um, I mean, he's my, he's my mate. He's my benefactor at this point. Mm. So yeah, I have made it a part in my career where he is like my, basically at this point, he could be my only client. I don't have to work. Mm. I really don't. He could be my only client, but I still like to work. So, right. you know, thanks Mr. M for the upgrade in lifestyle. I'm not in, I, like, I don't even know why anybody would think I'd be ashamed to fucking admit that. Right. So yes, have I made it? And do I feel like I'm at a point in my career where I can say I've made it? Yes, I actually am in a point in my career where I can say I've made it because I don't actually have to work. Mm. And I'm not embarrassed about that. So what's next for you? Like, how long do you think you're going to be doing this? Oh, well, you know, even if I'm not seeing clients in person, I will always have some sort of foot in the sex work world. I just can't leave it. I mean, the past five years, my life has changed tremendously because of this line of work, because of people that I've met um, it just everything. I just do not see myself leaving it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, at the time Mr. M wants to go exclusive, I'm totally fine with that. And but I will always have, I will always be doing something. I don't think I can just not work. Um, so even if I'm not seeing clients in persons, I mean, I have a OnlyFans, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have other I have other things that I'd love to do um, that, you know, that's outside of seeing people in person. So it's it, it will never be like just the end of end of me. And I also saw that you're a matchmaker, right? Oh, my God. OK, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, OK, I see her. <laughs> so here's the thing like this is this is brand new I actually never really mentioned it um, except for when I was searching for other sugar babies so I have this um, this and when I say client this is a guy that I actually met in my civvy life I met him I was out with some friends one night and he was having a party and he was like um, he had a, a female friend come over and she's like, hey, you know, my boss thinks you guys are really hot. Would you like to come back to our penthouse and party? Mm-hmm. And I've always been one of those people. I'm always like, well, yeah, that sounds like a good fucking time. Of course I want to go party at your penthouse. Whereas my friends are like, we don't know you. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I want to have fun. So they're like, okay, cool. We have a limo here. You know, stretch the limo. You guys can ride with us. And, you know, we'll Uber you back to your car, you know, whenever you're ready to leave. I'm like, dude, this is this is up my alley. Like this this man, <laughs> I was like, this man is speaking my language and he doesn't even know he's speaking my language yet. So um, so he's a pretty wealthy man um, and he's he's used to um, his friends like, you know, hiring strippers and stuff like that. So he's never like booked an escort. So he did not know that I was an escort. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
long story short, he comes to town, you know, he's not from Florida. He comes to town on business and uh, he would always, you know, we would always see each other um, when we got to that point. I was avoiding him for a very long time. And then one day he goes, I think I know what you're about. I can make this, you know, mutually beneficial. And I go, oh, yeah, how beneficial? And he threw out a number. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go to dinner. So every time we come <laughs> to town, we'd always go to dinner and just have a good time. And, uh, you know, we just, like, really formed a relationship. And um. I want to say this has been about five years now. Mm. Um, I was very early in my career when I met him. Um, and so he actually lives in New York. So that is why I was in New York. He was like, hey, I know, you know, you're kind of, you know, your life isn't as busy as it was. You know, you're not traveling as much. Um, he's like, I would really like to find somebody here in New York that I can meet, you know, when I'm in the city working. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can find somebody for you. And but he's, you know, really, really private. So he did not want to have to go through the screening. I mean, when I say this man is private, like I did not know his information for a while. I mm. kind of found it out on my own. And so he was like, hey, I really need to remain private. So he flew me to New York to introduce <laughs> him to other women. Mm. So that is why I was there. <laughs> I can see you doing so, that though. I can see you like having like a I whole mean, class you know, and stuff. It was so it was so funny and strange, but you know, this is actually it's it's quite normal for my life. Right. So he flew me up there. I had, you know, I found, you know, I put my post in Twitter, women reached out to me. Um he was I will say he was not interested in an escort. Um well when I say escort, he wasn't interested in a by the hour date. Um, so my job was to find him in this price range, somebody. And so I did. I found somebody for like each day that I was there. And <laughs> I, I was there. We went to dinner together. He and I were at dinner and she, the, you know, the person that was lined up for the day would come join us at dinner. They would meet at dinner and everything. And I got some amazing women that I was that I was able to meet, and they liked him. And then, you know, once I made that introduction, I was out of the picture. Like, I have nothing to do. So I was happy that he was able to find some ladies when he's in New York and needs a companion. He can reach out to them. I was very, very happy to be able to make that introduction. And, um, and somehow, right at the same time, I had a guy... Uh, I have a guy right now in Dallas. Um, I pulled him from when I did webcam. I pulled him off of webcam and was like, hey, why don't you fly me to Dallas? And, you know, I'm available, you know, for the weekend, you know, kind of thing. I hustled his ass. So that was also <laughs> in my first year. Like, listen, I was all about my money that first year. So I got him and my first year, like I was flying back and forth to Dallas. He came to visit me in Tampa. I spent a week with him in London. Like, you know, we had a really cool relationship. So he too is like, you know, I would like to be able to find somebody in Dallas. And I'm like, dude, what is with this? Like the like this is literally like two weeks apart. I have another you. guy. And then their friends are like the, you know, the guy in New York, he um he has friends who are also like, they like to see other women and, you know, they don't really want their information on the internet. And I'm like, well, 
I need to know the friends. Like I'm not introducing you, introducing, you know, my friends to somebody that I don't know shit about them. Like that's not how that's going to work. However, if I know them, like I know this guy, I know that I can vouch for this guy. He like, he and the guy in Dallas, like they are like, you know, two guys that I felt comfortable using my name for that is I mean I do not take that lightly I do not just like give clients my name be like oh yeah no problem I'd be like nope you need to follow her screening protocol but this guy I was like well I'm there in person so that would make them feel safer and they did and we had a great time together Um, a couple of the girls came back for a dinner uh, before I left um, with him you know we had dinner and had a good drunken night Back in my hotel room with you know was me lit. karaoke doing some impromptu karaoke, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was really happy that um, that not only I was able to find somebody for my client, but I was also able to get another provider a good you know a good income, mm-hmm. and not that they not that they were like hurting and needed income. But I mean, if you have a guy that's going to be coming back, you know, you, the regulars is how we survive. So it worked out for them. So I was happy to be able to match the two. And then, you know, a couple of the other girls were, um, you know, he didn't, I mean, I had actually did have a lot of girls uh, message me to, I don't want to use the word apply, but for lack of a better word, I had Mm -hmm. a lot of girls apply and so a lot of them, you know, did not get selected. I only had so many openings. Um, but they were like, oh, if you have this opportunity again, let me know. And then I I'm had another you, girl. This I might be it girl, for you. I know. I had another girl in Tampa that was like, like, dude, like, you should fucking do this. And I was like, I mean, if people want me to do it, I'll do it. Mm, I'm telling if you. That, if, if, if the people want it, I will make it happen. I don't have a problem with that. But right. that is... That is how I have become a matchmaker. <laughs> and, and Mr. M is sitting here like, you know, I'm messaging the girls like I'm out to dinner with Mr. M. And he's just like so fascinated in this whole thing. He's like, what? Like, like, this is crazy. A guy is like paying you for this. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I'm telling you, it, you can make it money on the cool. side. And yeah. you can charge the girls. Uh, um. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't charge women. I will absolutely, I refuse. I will not. Oh, I do not. Going? Oh, nope. I do not. This is not an agency. I want to make that very clear. I am not trying to have like an escort agency. I am only making, inter- <laughs> I am only making introductions. That is it. Because I'm not trying to be flagged for trafficking. Well, yeah, that's I am, true. I am only making an introduction. I don't take any money from the woman. I just make the introduction like, hey, he is looking for this. Would you like to meet him under these circumstances? If she says yes, I will make the introduction. And once I leave, you know, um, you know, to keep his information private, you know, he did tell me the girls that he wanted, you know, to meet again. He was like, hey, I would like their phone number. And at that time, I would give, you know, the phone number. Otherwise, right. both parties, you know, we only coordinated a dinner between me. After they exchange phone numbers, I am out of it. I don't get any further money from him. I don't get any money from the woman from the beginning. 
nothing. This is 100% just me literally matchmaking. This is not undercover agency kind of thing. It was purely matchmaking. And I had a lot of fun doing it. I really did. No, I can tell. I can tell. It was fun. Now, I don't want to do it for eight days again. I drink way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I drink way too much. But he knows anytime. And so, you know, he wants, he's like, hey, I would love, you know, I have friends that come into town all the time. I would love to do this again. And I was like, hey, I am always available. Well, last but not least, what is some advice you would give to the listeners that might want to be a part of this lifestyle? Oh, my my first and biggest piece of advice is are you mentally prepared? Mm. That is the biggest because if you come, I mean, this is a lifestyle. It is sink or swim. You are fed to the sharks. And if you don't come out of the gate ready, you will you will drown fast. And it and sometimes drowning does not, it's not pretty. I mean, mm-hmm. you can end up with the wrong client. You could be arrested. I mean, just so many things could happen. Be mentally prepared. Do as much research as you can. Back when I first started, there was not much out there. Today, mm-hmm. there are all sorts of podcasts. There are books. Um, I mean, there are people who offer mentorship, although I would say be careful with the mentorship. Um, not everybody is good at being mentors. They can, mm-hmm. you know, they look successful, Um, I do, I have heard of people who are successful because they're mentors, not because they're, you know, they're actually successful escorting. They're just really good at painting the picture, the picture on Instagram. They sell mentorships and that's how they're funding their lifestyle. So be careful with that. Um, Otherwise, um, be mentally prepared. And then once you're ready, be as close to your authentic self as possible, because that's the only way that you'll have longevity is being yourself because being yourself is what makes you happy. And it's what makes you unique. Right. There's only, there's only so many, you know, picture perfect, you know, I only, you know, go to brunch and eat caviar escorts that there can be, you know, do, do something different. Be you. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with enjoying those things. I don't eat caviar, but I do enjoy champagne brunch. I do enjoy lots of things that, you know, that's, that would be stereotypical escorting. Um, I, I enjoy all of those stereotypes, but I also, you know, again, I also enjoy going to metal shows. I enjoy, you know, having hiking dates you know, make that, make that your thing. It, apparently that became my That's thing this different. year. Right. That, that became my thing this year. And I had to start telling clients, like, you do know that I can, I'm capable of, of doing other things in hiking. Right. Like <laughs> I went on too many hiking dates. I was like, I can't do any more hiking. <laughs> it all, it all started with the one photo of my ass in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I became the hiking escort, but I mean, and there are other escorts that do that too. So I'm not saying like I'm the only one or I invented it. Of course not. Of course not. Like it's all have been done before, right? Like nobody's inventing any new kind of dates. It's all been done before. But if that's your thing, advertise your thing. If you love basketball, fucking advertise that you love basketball. I've gone to a basketball game before and basketball is not even my thing. I enjoy activities, but you know, my point is do what makes you happy and not necessarily what you think is going to get you booked. Mm -hmm. 
Because that's what gets the repeats. I can honestly say that even though this may have been my longest conversation I have with a guest, you have been one of my favorite guests so far. And <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm long No, <laughs> I have really enjoyed you. Um, like I said, I'm going to definitely keep you posted with some things I'm working on because I love your energy. I think you're a very informative, very cool, very nice girl i really enjoy speaking with you and i think my oh, listeners thank you. gonna really enjoy this conversation that we had well i certainly hope they do so if y'all have any questions comments concerns if you want to know more about my guests please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com and until next time hopefully next time you're in new york we can link up oh absolutely i did not know that you were in new york i know i was like she in new york but i was doing like if other i things. knew if i knew you were in new york i would have been like girl let's do lunch because my days were like wide open so i was kind of doing whatever during the day and then at night i had my dinners but yeah next time i am in new york i will definitely uh look you up yes please you have my number have my email address so please when you are back in new york hit me up and thank you so much you're welcome, and as always, keep it sexy. Okay, later. <laughs> Bye. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa, and we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz, and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.